All right, Shavosai, good morning. Let us begin with a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Let me begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for Adar Aleph, Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Sherman Drushos this month in memory of Paul's parents. Zechariah Ben Zechariah and Dina Bas Rabdov to thank Art and Sherry Miller for dedicating the Shurim this month in loving memory of Art's brother Richard Miller, Ruvain Ben Betzalel Verachel, and to thank our week of learning sponsors Ayal Steinberg for the Rafu Shalema of Shulamis Bas Susha. We hope that the merit of our Tamatoro. All of those who need a Rafu will have them together with Kol Chole Yisrael and the Neshamas who have left us should have an aliyah and their families in the Chava. And also with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Chav Vav, 26. And we are picking up in Meretz Hashem. We are picking up, we left off on Chavim Beis. We, uh, we covered a lot of ground yesterday. Not all of it on the daf, but uh, Bar Hashem. So also we left off yesterday. We left off yesterday. Dominic, I'm fine. Kinoch Nafshei Drabizera, two, four, six, eight, nine lines off from the bottom. Kinoch Nafshei Drabizera, when Rabizera passed away, Pasach Aleahu Sabdano. So again, a particular eulogizer began to eulogize him and said as follows Eretz Shinar Hara, the Yolda. So the land of Shinar, the land of Shinar is a reference to Bavel. The land of Shinar, sorry. The land of Shinar. Literally, again, begat and birthed and birthed Rabbi Zera, Eretz Tzvi Gidla Shashuah. The land of Eretz Tzvi is reference to Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael literally, again, nurtured and, and allowed this young man to grow up and become a delight. Oy na la amra rekes ki avda klichendasa. Rekes said, woe to us, for we have lost the utensil of our beauty. Rekes, Rashi says, is Tiveria. Eretz Yisrael, what's that beautiful? Kinoch nafshei Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo passed away. Achisu amude deke sorry Maya. So I will say this is incredible. The Gemara now records a number of times where supernatural events occurred as a result of great people passing away. So, for example, the Gemara says when Rabbi Avo passed away, the columns of Kesaria began to issue forth water, like the columns themselves began to cry. The Rabbi Yossi, when Rabbi Yossi passed away, Shafu Marzadei de Tzipori Dama. Literally, again, the gutters of Tzipori began to, began to issue forth blood. The Rabbi Yaakov, Aschamiu Kolchave Biyama. Biyama, sorry. For when Rabbi Yaakov passed away, when Rabbi Yaakov passed away, the stars came out during the day. Rabbi Asi Iakru Kal Ilani. When Rabbi Asi passed away, all of the trees were uprooted. Rabbi Chia Nachisu Kipe Dinura Merakia. When Rabbi Chia passed away, Rashi points out over Kipuri Dinura Avanam Shalar. Fiery stones, fiery stones descended from the heavens. Rabbi Menachem Ishtau Sal Menaya Vahavu Lemechal Tsaya. This is very interesting. Rabbi Menachem passed away. All of the graven images on coins, right, became flattened. Right? All of the images on the coins were obliterated, and the coins themselves became flattened pieces of metal. Rabbi Tanchum Barchia is Katsatsu Kol Indartio. When Rabbi Tanchum passed away, Indartio Bose were the statues of the kings. All of the statues of the kings ultimately were uprooted. Rabbi Yashiv, Ichastru Shivin Machtura Benarda. This is very interesting. When Rabbi Yashiv passed away, there were 70 thefts in Narda in one day. 
Just like Baltimore, right? So, 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 so there was the, the idea over here. The idea over here says the Gemara is that Rabbi Yashiv Rashi points out that Rabbi Yashiv's schos kept the thefts, the thieves at bay. When he passed away, there were seventy thefts in that one day. Rabbi say again, not for today. Obviously, each of these events correspond to some element in these great men's lives. Now, these are not just haphazard events. Each of them again somehow reflect the greatness of the individual. When Rav Hanuna passed away, so hail came down from the heavens. The Rav of Rav Yosef, when Rav Yosef passed away, Noshuk Kipi Depras Ahadodi. Literally, again, the arches of the bridge that extended over the river Pras. The Euphrates, the arches, literally, again, kissed each other, which means the arches began to collapse. When Abai and Rava passed away again, the arches of the bridge over Diglos began literally again to kiss one another, began to collapse as well. Ultimately, when Rav passed away, the, thor- the palm trees began to sprout forth thorns. Incredible. But let's say, turn around, the Gemara goes back a little bit to Alochov. Turn around, on top of Chavvav. Ve'elu kran she'in mis'achim. So we'll say, now the Gemara talks about, again, we've begun to see in Halacha already that there are certain times where when you rip a garment, you could go ahead and repair it, and other times that you can't repair it. So the Mishnah says, the Gemara says, over ve'elu kran, these are times that you tear, that you are not allowed to repair the tear. Now, mis'achim is a lotion of complete repair. So there are, these are times, these are tears, you cannot, you cannot do a complete repair. Hakore al when one tears his garment for his mother and his father. Va'al rabo shalim do Torah. Bose, one is obligated to tear Kriya for a Rabbi that teaches him Torah. Bose, now this is interesting. Even if this is not ram, rabo shalim do rubo shal Torah, right? In other words, there's a special status that is accorded to one's Rabbi where that Rabbi taught you the majority of your Torah. But again, a Rebbe who teaches you some significant amount of Torah, one is Chayif Akriya. Va'al Nasi, we saw the Nasi. Al Av Beznin, Al Shmuel Saros. You're also obligated to tear your clothing for t- when you hear about terrible things. Al Birkas Hashem. And ultimately, when you hear someone, Chas V'Shalom, curse Hashem, you're also obligated to tear your clothing. Al Sefer Torah Shenisraf. And about a Sefer Torah that is burnt as well. A Sefer Torah that is destroyed, one is also obligated to go ahead and tear Kriya. The Ari Yehuda, the Al Hamikdash, the Al Yerushalayim. And when you see Ari Yehuda, the cities of Yehuda in a state of destruction, the Beis Hamikdash in a state of destruction, and Yerushalayim in a state of destruction, one is obligated to go ahead and tear Kriya. The Korea Al Mikdash, that was an interesting halacha here. You could, when you tear for the base Hamikdash, Mosif al Yerushalayim. So, what's this interesting halacha? If, let's say, you first tore, you went, you saw, right, you saw the Makam Hamikdash, right, and you saw again the, the base Hamikdash in a state of ruin, which it currently is in, it should be rebuilt, but a person sees the base Hamikdash in a state of ruin, they tear their clothing. One could go ahead and extend that tear, that same tear, for the rest of Yerushalayim. Aviv v'imo v'rabo shalom. So now the Gemara is going to go through this list. Now we're going to, this is the B'raisa, talks about all the situations in which, a, in which a person goes ahead and tears. Now we're going to go ahead and go through the list. It says the Gemara, Aviv v'imo v'rabo shalom, the Torah minat minalon, for your father and your mother and your Rebbe who taught you Torah. How do you know that you're obligated to tear your clothing? The chsiv, this is actually incredible. Ve'elisha ra 
So this is talking about, again, the episode in Malachim Beis, when Eliyahu Hanavi is taken up to Shemai. Remember, again, Eliyahu Hanavi doesn't die, as the Gemara is going to discuss in just a moment. But instead, he's taken up to the heavens in a fiery chariot. He's walking with his student Elisha when this event occurs. So Elisha's response to this event is he calls out and he says, Avi, Avi, my father, my father, chariot of Israel. So the Gemara says, Avi, Avi, ze aviv the imo. So we'll say now, the end of this Pasik, the end of this Pasik is that Elisha tore his clothing. That's the end of the Pasik. So the Gemara learns out a lot of, a lot of the concepts of Kriya from this particular Pasik. So Avi, Avi, that refers to a one's father and one's mother. Avi, Avi, ze aviv, Ve'imo, Rechav Yisraelu Farashav, Zerabo Shalim Dotoro. So we'll say, what does it mean when he says the chariot of Israel, right, and its riders? This refers ultimately to one's Rebbe. So the Gemara says, okay, Avi, Avi, I hear that that could refer to parents. Ultimately, again, how does chariot of Israel refer to one's Rebbe? My mashma, Kedimetakim Rav Yosef, Rabbi, Rabbi, that what Elisha was saying was as follows. Elisha, sorry, Elio, you are my Rabbi, my Rabbi. Your tfilos were more beneficial to Klal Yisrael than all of the chariots and its riders. Just like the chariots protect an empire, right? The chariots, the army protects the nation. So Elisha was crying out and he was saying, Elio, your tfilos Whereas beneficial to Klal Yisrael, ultimately again, as a standing army is for a regular nation. So therefore, again, I will say, interestingly enough, this Pasuk, right, by Elisha is the Makar for tearing Kriya so far for one's parents, as well as for one's Rebbe. Belomis Achaminola. Now remember, the next halacha was that when you tear your clothing for your parents or for one's Rebbe, that tear is never repaired. That tear is never repaired. So how do we know that? Because it was a St. Pasek. St. Pasek by Elisha says, he took hold of his clothing, and he tore it into two tears, or into two parts. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. And the Gemara says, once it says that he tore it, so we'll say it's redundant. Once he told me he tore it, by definition, tore it means what? It's in two parts. It's in two parts. Rather, what the Pasuk is teaching me is like this. You tear it, and after you tear it, it is to remain in two parts forever. I.e., the tear that one makes for their parent, and for, for their parents, and for one's Rebbe, is a tear that is never repaired. Incredible. So, I don't understand. But Elio never died. Elio never died. How are you learning out? How are you learning out the halachos of Kriya? The halachos of Kriya for someone who passed away from someone who never passed away. Elio is alive. So the Imar says, Amrlei, Kevan Dichsev Lora, Ahu Od, Legabe Didei Kemes Dami. Now I will say, but remember again, since Elisha never saw Elio again, for Elisha, for Elisha, it was as if his Rebbe died. Which I will say, I just want to point out something really incredible because this Gemara also captures a profound dynamic of death in general. See, I will say, we believe in Olam Haba. We believe in Olam Haba, which means that when a person leaves this world, they're very much alive. 
they're just alive in a different in a different world. They're just alive in a different dimension. They're just alive. They're just alive in a different place, which is an incredible, incredible yisod. I so what's the pain of death? The pain of death is I'm not going to see my loved one. That's supposed to. This is what this is what we saw in yesterday's doctor. Remember again, about say perhaps one of the most profound lines: "Bahu la avelim velo la aveda." Right? Cry for the avelim. Do not cry for the one who is lost. For, for the soul is at rest. The soul, the soul is very much alive. We are the ones who are in pain. Right? Just had yesterday's death. Such a profound yisod. The pain of death that we experience is not a pain for the neshama. It's not the pain for the person who passed away. We believe in Olam Haba. We believe that the neshama goes to an incredible place where it's close to the Shekhinah. We believe <coughs> that Olam Haba has no pain has no suffering, has no difficulty, has no sadness. So our pain is not for the Nisham. So we'll say the whole Yisod of Avelos is I'm not going to get to see my loved one. That, that's the whole pain of the dynamic. So the Gemara says over here, you're right, Elio is alive. Elio is alive, but Elisha is never going to see him. So what's the dynamic of death? The dynamic of death is I had someone who I loved very much and I'm never going to get to see them again in this world. In this world, that's the dynamic of death. And that's why Elisha mourned. So the Gemara says, Since Elisha was never going to see Elio again, therefore, ultimately, again, that's the dynamic of death. And I will say it's so incredibly important. This is why, by the way, that Judaism does halacha, does have limitations on excessive mourning, right? There are limitations even on the way that we mourn and even on certain things that we're allowed to say over the course of mourning because the danger of excessive mourning is that it runs the risk of denying one's belief in Olam Haba and denying one's belief in what we saw before. Don't cry for the neshama. I cry for myself. I cry for myself. But if I really believe in Olam Haba, then ultimately, again, that, that leads to a measured response to death, a measured form of mourning. So the Gemara goes weiter. Okay, so now we're going through the list. So now we've established through Elisha, through Elisha, through Elio, that you do Kriya for a father, for a mother, and for a Rebbe. What about a Nasi? Av Beisdin Ushmuos Ros. What do we know? Where do we know that from? Dichser of us listen to this. Vaychazik David bebegadav vaykarim vegam kol haanoshim asher ito vayispedu vayifku vayatzumu ada erev al shol val Yonas and Hashem val Yonas and Menok. Excuse me. The al am Hashem the al Beis Yisrael ki naflu b'charev. So we'll say listen to this. Another episode in Novi. This is after Yonas, Shaul, Shaul still king. Shaul and Yonas go out to war against the Plishtim, and they are, they are defeated. But not just defeated, Shaul is killed in the battle. Yonas is killed in the battle, so the king is killed. His son is killed. Many members of Am Yisrael are killed. David Amalek hears about this, this tragedy, and what does he do? He goes and he tears his clothing. So watch this. Says the Gemara, Shaul, Shaul Zenasi. Shabbos says, remember again, Shaul, Shaul was the king. So the king is the Nasi. When the head of the Jewish people dies, there's an obligation to go ahead and tear Kriya. 
Yonasan, we'll say first of the widest line. Yonasan, Ze'av Bezdin. Yonasan refers to the Av Bezdin. I will say, so again, just kind of in the hierarchy of the leadership of Kal Yisrael, you have the Nasi. So the Nasi, I will say, when there's a Melech, the Melech is the Nasi. When there's not the Melech, the Nasi is the de facto leader of the Jewish people. The Av Bezdin is kind of like the religious head of the Jewish people. That was Yonasan. Al Am Hashem Al Beis Yisrael. About, now both say about Am Hashem and Beis Yisrael. Now remember again, with David and with Yonasan, many Jews also died. Elu Saros. This refers to terrible tidings, right? Terrible news. When you hear about terrible things that happened, one is chayif to go ahead and tear Kriya. Only Rav Bar Shvadar of Kahana. Ve'ima Adda Havakulu. Well, maybe from the Pasuk, Rav say the only thing you chayif to tear Kriya is when what? All of these things occur. Maybe it's only if there's the death of the Nasi, the Av Bezdin, and Shmuel. So, because we'll remember again, Rahman al-Islam, all of these things are happening in one Pasuk. Amr al-Al-Hifsik. If you look at the way the structure is, the, the Pasuk is structured, the Pasuk says, they went ahead and they tore their clothing, they eulogized, they cried and they fasted. Al-Shol, the Al-Yonasan, Va'al. So the Gemara says the Va'al, Va'al, Va'al terms goes in and separates each one. They say, yes, unfortunately, all of these tragedies occurred concurrently for Claudius from this moment, but one would tear Kriya for any one of these tragedies independently. So the Gemara says, Umi karinon ashmuos haros. And the both say, ultimately, again, do we go ahead and tear Kriya for, for terrible news, for ter- right, for Shmuel's rose? So also listen to this. But one time they told Shmuel that Shabur Malka will say King Shapur was one of the Persian kings. That King Shapur, Shabur Malka killed 12,000 Jews on the outskirts. Actually, I should say, but Mazigas Kesari. Mazigas Kesari was a city. Velokara. And ultimately, again, Shmuel did not tear Kriya. So, so that seems to be Shmuel's rose. So, so the Gemara says, Lo amru ela tzibur Ultimately, you know, we'll say the only time that there is an obligation to go out and tear Kriya is when something impacts Shmuel Ra'a that impacts the majority of Kalal Yisrael. So we'll say, as terrible as this tragedy was, that King Shapur killed 12,000 Jews, it was not a majority of Klav Yisrael, and therefore one is not obligated to God and tear Kriya. To which the Gemara says, Umi katol, Shapur Malka Yudai, did King Shapur kill Jews? I will say, listen to this Gemara. We're in the widest lines, four lines, and I will say, this is an incredible Gemara. King Shapur once said to Shmuel, Tisili, give me a Shkoyach, Delokatli Yehudi Mi'olam. Give me a shkoyach. I never killed any Jews. Shavuot say, you hear this? The king Shavuot say, really, you should make me a kiddush. You should make me a kiddush. Why? I never killed Jews. Shavuot say, it's important to understand something, and, and it's it's a difficult lesson for us for us to understand. Shavuot say, you know, when Chazal tells us something like this, because when the Jew lives in the diaspora, the greatest shkoyach sometimes you could expect from our Gentile neighbors is that they don't kill us. We'll say it's very important to understand that Ace of Sonius Yaakov, Ace of Sonius Yaakov, and the nations of the world do not like us. They do not like us, and we delude ourselves 
and we fool ourselves when we think that they do. And we think that, and we think that they're our brothers and we're theirs. We're happy to be anybody's brother. But Lamaisa, the nations of the world never, have never, and will never reciprocate that towards us. And it's important to understand this because the moment we delude ourselves into thinking that we're one of the guys, right? That we're one of the chevra, that we're loved and respected like everyone else, it always has the most disastrous effects for Cloud Israel. We are, we are charged with being productive members of whatever society we live in, including diaspora society. But we always live with our guard up because at the end of the day, we are never one of the nations. We're able to say, and again, all, 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 all you need to do, all you need to do is to go ahead and look around the world and what's happening. It, it's, it's everywhere, and it's Baruch Hashem Sharaim. And it's almost as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for some reason, always feels the need to remind us of this. Whether you look up, you look at the uptick in anti-Semitism in, in, in this country, or you look at just, again, Amnesty International's report just last week. And again, yes, we have wonderful, I will say, and it's so important, we have wonderful organizations that do great advocacy. I think that, I will say, just on the thing, you know how advocacy works. You know how it works, right? I'm on your side as long as you do for me, right? Keep holding the meetings. Keep raising my, yeah, sure, we're, we're best friends. Let's say, let's, let's be honest about the way things work, right? The Jew only has fair weather friends. And it's so important to understand it because the moment we recognize that the only people we have to depend upon is HaKadosh Baruch Hu and each other, the stronger we are in this world. King Shapur goes over to Shmuel and he says, give me a shkoyach. I never killed any Jews. What? What? Listen, can you imagine a statement like that? I'm not, I'm, I'm not a racist. I never killed anyone of color. Like, can, you, can, you imagine, can you imagine somebody say a thing like that? Ridiculous. By the Jew, it actually says, yeah, wow, what a good guy. What a good guy. He never killed anyone. Absolutely incredible. Never killed any Jews. But say it's so important for us to always recognize our place in this world and to recognize, Ein lanu amil ella We exist because of our achdos with one another. And we exist because of our alliance with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Gemara says, but one second, how can you say King Shapur never went ahead and killed any Jews? He just killed 12,000 Jews in Mizigasi. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. There, but say, okay, there's another story. Those Jews rebelled against King Shapur. They launched a rebellion. So again, they launched a rebellion. Literally, it means because of the harp strings that they played, they played music. During the rebellion, the walls of Lutkia came down. The idea being those Jews rebelled. Okay, so if you rebel against the monarch, bad stuff is going to happen. He didn't kill them because they were Jews. He killed them ultimately, again, because they rebelled. So now again, we're going through our list. We're going through our list. So now we have father, mother, Nasi, Av Beisdin, Shmuel's Rose. Let's listen to this. What about if you hear someone curse Hashem? So we'll say this is an interesting, an interesting episode. So what happens? All of these individuals come before Chizkiyo with their clothing torn. With their clothing torn. So what's happening over here? Um, 
Okay, well, fine. We'll turn it up on it. Echadashem, let's say, so again, they had all just heard, they had all just heard Paro, go ahead and curse HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, again, the Rav Yizan saying, they came before Chizkiah, having torn their clothing, because unfortunately, they just heard someone curse the Ribbon Shalom. So, so turn it up on it. Echad HaShomeah, ve'echad HaShomeah, maybe HaShomeah. So we'll say, so listen to this. One who hears someone go ahead and curse Hashem, and one who hears from someone who heard. In other words, they're both saying, so what the Gemara is adding on over here is as follows. If you hear the actual cursing, chas shalom, or you hear from someone who heard, right? So the halacha is, chay of the kroa. Ultimately, one is obligated to tear their clothing. So the Gemara says, but however, the Edim, in other words, if witnesses come along to retell that which occurred, so the witnesses are not obligated to go ahead and tear again when they retell what they heard, because they already, they already tore when they heard about the cursing the first time. To which the Gemara says, So I don't understand, they should be obligated to retear when they go ahead and tell over the story of the cursing again. To which the Gemara says, "Lo sagadaitcha dechsev vahikishmo hamelech hiskio vayikra es begadav." So I will say the pasuk says that when they told Chizkio about the uh, about the blasphemy about the cursing of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Chizkio heard and he tore his clothing. Hamelech kara vehem lo karu. Ultimately, again, it shows you that what the king tore, but the witnesses who told over the testimony, they did not tear. So now we've gone through the list. Now I've gone through the list. How do you know that these tears are not mended? So the Gemara says, Asya Kriya Kriya, make Xer Shavav Kriya Kriya. Good. Sefer Torah Shinisaf Minarabal say, How do you know Chasa Shalom if you see a Sefer Torah that is burned, that one is obligated to go out and tear Kriya? Tchsev, we'll say, listen to this fascinating story. Vahikikro Yehudi, Shalosh Talasovs Varba, Vahikare Batarasover, Vahashlech El Haish, Asher Al Haach. So we'll say, listen to the story over here. The Gemara is telling a story. The Gemara is telling a story that occurred in Sefer Yermio. So we're going to see over here that what happened over here is, well, we'll see the whole story. But literally translated, it means, and he read before him three psukim or four psukim. He cut with a razor or with a sharp knife of the sofer, cut out the names of Hashem and threw it into the oven. What are we talking for a fireplace, I should say. What are we talking about? My shalosh dolosos va'arba. So we'll say, here we go. Yermio has written Sefer Kinnis. Now Yermio wrote Kinnis even before, even before the Beis HaMittash was destroyed. Right? Rashi points out over here, Rashi points out over here, well actually we'll see later on, that Yermio wrote Kinnis because he wanted the Jews to see what was going to happen if they don't go ahead and get their act together. The hope was that they would be scared straight by Kinnis. So they bring the Sefer Kinnis to Yehoyakim. So what happens? So Amrle Mak Sidbe, so Yehoyakim says, no, what does it say in the Sefer Kinnis? So it says, Echa Yoshva Badad. Oh, how the city of Yerushalayim sits desolate, sits all alone. Amrle Hu Anamalka, Yehoyakim says, not true. I'm still the king and I'm here. Amrle Bachotiv Kebalayla. Right, Yerushalayim will cry out at night. Oh, so Yehoyakim says, not true. I'm the king. 
Yehuda will be exiled in a state of an impoverished state. Yehoyakim says, Anamalka. So we'll say, see what's happening over here. Yehoyakim, Yehoyakim, so arrogant, refuses to believe that which Yermio is foretelling is going to happen. Darachet Tzion Avelos. Literally, again, the pathways of Tzion will be in a state of mourning. Anamalka, Yehoyakim says, I am the king, nothing to worry about. Hayu Tzareha Lorosh. Its enemies will become its head, which talks about then the king will be deposed. Amr lehum man amra. Yehoyakim said, who said such a thing like this, that I'll be deposed? Ki Hashem hoga'aro pisha'eha. It was Hashem who said it. But I said, get ready for this. What did Yehoyakim do? Miyad kader kolas karos sheba. He cut out the name of Hashem from, from this scroll that Yermiyahu wrote. He cut out the name of Hashem, this sarfan ba'ish. And he threw the names of God into the fire. And the people who were there did not fear, nor did they tear their clothing. Now, both say that the fact that the Navi faults them for not tearing their clothing tells us that what? Michlal de Boilamikri tells us they should have torn their clothing. So you see from here, I both say that Allah, if you see Chas Shalom, a Sefer Torah, or part of a Sefer Torah burnt, one is obligated to go and tear Kriya. Maybe they should have torn Kriya because the Shmuel's rose. Bad, bad news. No, no, remember, I will say, at this point in time, nothing actually happened. Right? Yermiyah Hanavi was foretelling that which was going to occur, but nothing actually happened yet. Incredible. Listen to this. A person who sees a Sefer Torah that is torn, Torn Sefer Torah is obligated to tear twice. <laughs> One time for, literally again, the gvil means the margins, right? One time for the parchment and one time for the writing. Because <laughs> the Pasuk says the king burnt the Megillah and the Dvarim. See, see from here that a Sefer has two parts. There are the words, the words. And then there's the Megillah. Bosei, you know, the Bashant of Akkadish says something so beautiful. He says, you see from here that there are two dimensions to Torah. There's the part that's written and there's the unwritten part, right? There are the words and then there's a whole other Torah about what the words mean. The words, the words are written, right? The blank pieces of the parchment ultimately are the interpretations are the Shivan part of the Torah. We saw this, if you remember again, in Mesechas Megillah, that the way a Shira is written is Ariach Agabe Leveno, right? The way we write as Yashir, the way we write Vizos Habracha, ultimately again is lettering on top of empty space. There's a power to that which is written, and there's a power to the empty parchment as well. There's a power to what we know, and there's a power to what we have yet to discover. Such a beautiful imagery. So the Gemara says, therefore, again, when a Sefer Torah is torn, one is chayiv, to go ahead and tear two kriyas, one for the writing and one for the parchment. Rabbi Abba Rabbi Huna, listen to this story. Rabbi Abba Rabbi Huna, Barchiyah, Yasvi, we're sitting together. Kamid Rabbi Abba, boy So the, the Misra Sashas tells us, Rabbi Abba, Needed to get up. He wanted to get up. He had to, he had to go to the, he had to relieve himself. So he took off his tefillin because they were wearing tefillin the whole day. So he took off his tefillin. He put it down on a cushion. So Abbas Naamisa is a bird. Some bird came along. 
What? Ostrich. Good. Right? A bird came along. Big bird. Big bird came along. A big, a big bird came along. Uh, right. Big bird came along. Right? Baal the Mivle and wanted to swallow the tefillin. As I say, a big bird. Right? I will say, literally, again, I was going to swallow the tefillin. So I'll say, now listen to this. So Rabbi Abba comes back in time. Again, it's not clear. Either again, Rabbi Abba shooed the bird away or Rafuna shooed the bird away. Either way, they say the tefillin. Amr hashta had the bird swallowed the tefillin, I would have been chayiv two kriyas. Right? So we just said, why two kriyas? Right? One for the words and one for the parchment. So, so again, so Rav Huna says to him, how do you know that? So Rav Huna said, one time this happened to me. It's funny, because you would not think that a story like this would happen twice. Right? But apparently, again, I guess big birds eating tefillin was a common thing. Right? So again, Rav Huna said, this, you wouldn't believe this happened to me also. And as Rav Masna, what would be the halacha if the bird swallowed my tefillin? Rav Masna didn't know the answer. He'll say, let's listen to this. I then came before Rav Yehuda. No, no, no. This only means Rav Yehuda Bizroa. Bizroa shen yachol So it's interesting, Rav saying. I'll tell you, before I saw Rashi, I thought Bizroa meant the only time you're chayiv to go ahead and tear two kriyas for a safer Torah is when? When it's torn bizroa. I, I, I thought the Pasha Shah bizroa means that when it's torn in an in intentional destructive fashion. That when you see someone trying to destroy a safer, that's when you're obligated in two kriyas. Rashi says, Rashi says no, obviously I'm incorrect. Rashi says bizroa means silo. When you could not have saved it. When you could not have saved it, that's when you're chayiv to go ahead and tear two kriyas. But when again, when it could have been saved like the case of the bird, one would not be chayiv in two kriyas. So, all right, we'll say either way, what comes out of Allah is that if a Sefer Torah is torn, ultimately again, one would be chayiv two kriyas, one for the words and one for, and one for the pacha. We'll say, I will point out something very interesting. So you have Rav Huna saying, you see how Rav Huna saying, the same story happened to me, right? I, I took off my tool and I went to the bathroom. I came back, big bird almost, you know, swallowed it. I fought off the bird, I got back my tool. So I'll say, if you notice in the story, the story goes, he, he went to Rav Masna and he asked Rav Masna the Shaila and Rav Masna didn't know. We'll say, you know, you look at the Gemara, what do you say to yourself? Why do you have to put that piece of information in there? Or is, what does it matter? Just get to the end of the story. You went to Rav Yehuda, you went to Rav Yehuda, ultimately Rav Yehuda answered your kasha. Why do you have to put in there that Rav Masna did not know? And I both said, because again, remember, we learned Gemara because Gemara is also our, our, our Musar Sefer. Because I said, the Gemara is teaching us, it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know. No one knows everything. Sometimes we think that we're supposed to know everything to the point that we even make stuff up. I will say the Gemara Masechah Shabbos says, "Lamad l'shon chalomar eni yodea." Teach your tongue to say, "I don't know." It's not easy to say, "I don't know," because again, we we think we shouldn't know everything, but it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know. So the Gemara purposely puts in here, "Rafuna went to Ramasna, Ramasna was talocha," and Ramasna said, "I don't know, I don't know." It's okay not to know. I will say, by the way, it's a profound yisod in chinuch also. Especially when our children ask us questions, we think that especially for our children, we're supposed to have all the answers. Sometimes one of the greatest lessons you could teach your children is the ability to say, I don't know. It's a great question. 
I don't know. Let's, let's, let's learn together. Let's discover together. And again, it teaches a child an incredible yisod in humility. And also it gives them a window into the humanity of their parents, which is incredibly important as well. Gemara goes weiter. Ari Yehuda. So it says, go weiter. So remember again, if you see the cities of Yehuda in a state of destruction, Dechsev vayevo anoshim mishchem mishilo umishomron shmonim ish migulachi zakan ukre begadim. So we'll say, actually, over here, the Gemara is describing the episode in Sefer Yermio where there are Jews coming to the Beis Hamikdash and they did not realize the Beis Hamikdash was already destroyed. So they're coming with Karbanos in hand. They did not realize the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Now they tore their clothing because they had already seen the cities of Yehuda in a state of destruction. They'd already seen the cities of Yehuda in a state of destruction, and therefore, again, they had torn. So from here, you see, so you, you, you tear for the cities of Yehuda. If a person sees the cities of Yehuda in a state of destruction, Omer, person says the Pasuk, Pasuk from Yeshayo. So we'll say, you say, your holy cities have become a desert, and you tear. So we'll say, that's the law when you see the cities of Yudin in a state of destruction. When you see Yerushalayim in a state of destruction, Omer, Tzion Midbar Haisa, Yerushalayim Shemama. Tzion became a Midbar, Yerushalayim was laid desolate, Vikorea. And you tear your clothing. Beis Hamikdash bechorbano. When you see the Beis Hamikdash in a state of korban Omer, Beis Kadshenu betif artenu asher lelucha avosinu hayu l'sreifas ish v'chol machmadenu hayu lecharva lechorban. So we say the pasuk. Also, again, all of us is in Yeshayo. Literally, again, the house of our holiness and our grandeur that our forefathers praised you in has been burnt. All of our beauty has become desolate and one tears Kriya. And I will say, you should just point out, these lines are actually codified in the Shulchan Aruch. That Allah, Allah say that contemporarily, person sees the cities of Yehud in a state of destruction. Person sees Yerushalayim in a state of destruction. Person sees the Beis Hamitash in a state of destruction. Ultimately, again, one is obligated to Kriya. I will say, it's important to understand, you know, after, the, after 1967, people came to Rabbi Salavechik and they said... We should stop saying nachim. We should stop saying nachim. You know, on Tisha B'Av afternoon, we insert a paragraph in Shemona, so called nachim. And in nachim, we speak about Yushalayim habizuya, mibli baneha. Yushalayim has no one there, and it's degraded. And they came to the Rav, and they said, we should take it out. Baruch Hashem, we have Yushalayim again. And Rabbi Salavechik said something so profound. He said, we have Yushalayim again. Well, it's important to understand that the Yushalayim of today doesn't hold a candle to what Yerushalayim was and what Yerushalayim will be. See, I will say, we go to, we go to Yerushalayim today. It's great, just to be there last week. And you look around and it's incredible to see. It's incredible to see. I'll just tell you, I remember when I was there Hanukkah time, so every night in, in Mamila, they had a, they had a, Chabad does a beautiful hadlaka there, like a big menorah. And they have like music there, you know, every, every night. And I remember I went every night with my family that we were there. And when you look, if you've ever been in Mamila, so it's like a whole, it's like a, it's like a, what's the word? Um, plaza. What is it? Is that what you call a plaza? Okay. And I'll say literally again, the entire thing, the entire plaza was packed with Jews. From, from, as far as the eye could see, the whole way down, like the whole way down to the, it was packed. It was packed. And I'll tell you, like, I remember it was, I think it was God Elbaz was there. 
And, and literally, mamish, I just started crying. So my daughter said to me, Tati, I didn't realize you liked God Elbaz that much. <laughs> uh, I said, I never heard of God Elbaz until like three minutes ago. Right? But, uh, but, but you see it. You see it. And you see what Yerushalayim is today. And you see it for a moment there, for a moment. You could see what Mashiach is. You could literally, you could feel it. You could feel it. Am Yisrael convulsing, converging in one place. But it's important for us to understand that as much as we have today more than generations for the last 2,000 years, it's not yet what it should be. It's not yet where it needs to be. So therefore, again, Yerushalayim is still in a state of Khurban. The Beis Hamikdash is still in a state of Khurban, as magnificent and as wonderful, as incredible as it is. It's not yet what Emir Tzashem it will be. And that's how the Shukhlar codifies this. Lahalacha. Person sees Ari Yehuda, Ter Kriya. Person sees Yushalayim, Ter Kriya. A person sees the Makkama Mikdash, Ter Kriya. And I'll just mention, when it comes to the Makkama Mikdash, like a person goes to the coastal today, Ter and Kriya. So I'll just point out, so the Shukhlar Paskins, Halach Lamaisa, one should Ter Kriya. When one goes to the coastal the first time, especially if they have not been there in 30 days, one Ter is Kriya. There is an interesting position of Rav Tzvi Yehuda, Koen Kok. Zechizadik Levrahu holds that the din of Ari Yehuda Yerushalayim Beis Hamikdash Bechorbana he holds is a din in Riboniyut, is a din in ownership. In other words, when do you have to tear Kriya? When it, there's no Jewish autonomy. But he held that when there is Jewish autonomy over the site, it's no longer called Bechorbana which is a very interesting idea because Harabayis is Jewish autonomy, right? Yerushalayim is Jewish autonomy. Ari Yehuda, at least most of it, is Jewish autonomy. So it is interesting to see that even contemporarily, whether one is obligated to do Kriya at these sites is interesting. But again, Shukhanar Paskins like this Gemara, that literally we tear Kriya at the Kosel in Yerushalayim, Ari Yehuda, and again, when one tears Kriya, one recites these psukim that are mentioned over here in the Gemara. Quite incredible. What's that good? Korea la mikdash Yerushalayim. So you tear for the base of mikdash, and you can add on to the same tear for Yerushalayim. Or minhu. So whether whether you go ahead and you hear about the korban, let's say you were living during the times of the korban, or you saw the korban, kevan sheigil etzofim korea. So when you get to Tzofim, there's a machlokas, if Tzofim is a place, or Tzofim is any place from which you could see the Harabayas, the Mikdash, you go ahead and you tear the Kore Amikdash, Amikdash Mifnei Atzma, Vayishlam Mifnei Atzma. And I will say, ultimately, again, you tear for the Mikdash by itself, and for Yerushalayim by itself, two different tears. I that contradicts what we just said, because before we just said that, you could tear for the Mikdash, and just extend the tear for Yerushalayim. We'll say everything depends. What are, you, what are you encountering first? If you first see the Mikdash, and then you see Yerushalayim, you tear for the Makamah Mikdash, and then you extend the tear for Yerushalayim. If you first see Yerushalayim, you tear, and then you have to make a separate tear for the Beis HaMikdash. So you'll say to yourself, how can you see the Mikdash first before Yerushalayim? So Rashi says, imagine you travel in, in a covered, in a covered wagon. So you don't see Yerushalayim. The first thing you see is the, is the Harabais, is the Makumah Mikdash. Good. So the Gemara says, Tan Rabbanan, they will say all of these terrors that we've discussed, 
You could do any type of temporary mending, but you can't permanently fix it. I will say, achosan ma'cha means to permanently mend something. Amr of Chista, Amr of Dezu, Alexandri. What are we talking about over here? I will say, what's an example of a permanent mend? An Alexandrian stitch. The Alexandrian stitch, I will say, was considered to be like the, like the mother of all stitching. Bose, listen to this. If you had a garment that was stitched up with any of these temporary stitchings, and then let's say you had to tear Kriya and you tore the stitching, you're not Yotse Kriya. But if you had permanently stitched up a garment and you tear that again, then ultimately you are Yotse Kriya with that, which Bose makes sense. In other words, this form of permanent sewing that the Gemara is calling Ichui essentially makes the garment whole again. Makes it whole. So for any of these tears that we spoke about, you can't do Ichui. But if you did have a garment that was re-stitched with Ichui and you tore it again, you would be Yotse Kriya. Amr of Chista. So Chista said as follows, Ichui Alexandri. If you tore a garment, and let's say it's the kind of tear that you're not permitted to mend. Good example of that would be? Good example of that would be? Parents. Parents. What can you do, right? What can you do? You could turn the garment upside down. If you imagine for a moment, I guess if let's say you have like a tunic or a robe, right? So you tore by the neck. What you could do is you could go ahead and turn it upside down. Essentially go ahead and open up and better like a, like a poncho if you could imagine, right? So you could go ahead and essentially take the bottom, sew it up, make it into a neck, open up the bottom, and essentially then you could re-stitch the tear since it is now the bottom of the garment. Rabbi Allah says, no, you're not allowed to permanently stitch. It's very interesting. And the same way that you, the owner of the garment, are not permitted to stitch it up, the was actually a fascinating halacha, which is, which is that if you tore Kriya on a garment, let's say a person, Ruve lost his father, right? So he tore Kriya on the garment. And now what happens? He loosely stitched it up, which is okay, right? Afterwards, he sells the garment. He has to tell the person, by the way, you're not allowed to restitch the garment. The din of Kriya, interestingly enough, the inability to, to sew up the tear for a parent is a din in the chefts and not a din in the gavra, right? It's a din in the garment, not a din in the person. So the garment itself can never be restitched. So even if you sell that garment, you have to tell the purchaser that it cannot be restitched. Therefore, again, the seller has to tell the purchaser. Bosher says, when you tear Kriya, when you tear Kriya, you have to tear at least a tefach, one tefach. Now, Bosna, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, let's say a person lost a relative, he tore Kriya. Let's say then he lost another relative. Rabbi Meir says, you can go ahead and extend the same tear for another Kriya, subsequent Kriya, and that subsequent Kriya only has to be three finger breaths. That's, that's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda Omer, Tchilas Kriya Shalosh Ezbos. Rabbi Huda says, no, an initial Kriya only has to be three finger breaths. Vitosephes Kolshu. And when adding on for another loss, you only have to add on a very small amount, any amount. Amr Ula, Ula says, Halacha Kerimir Bekriya, Ta'alacha follows Rabbi Meir Bekriya, namely that Halacha Lamaisi have to tear at least the Tefah, Ta'alacha Rabbi Huda Betosephes. But if you lost another relative after you made the first tear, all you need to do is what? Add on just a little bit for the second tear. Ta'in Rabbi Hachi Rabbi that supports this. 
Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, Trilas kriya tefach, when you tear for a relative initially, the tear has to be a tefach. The tear has to be a tefach, right? Of the, the, the length of a fist. Length of a fist. But chasram, a person endures another loss, they only have to extend the tear by a little bit. They tell a person, your father passed away, and he went ahead and he tore kriya, and then may spino, and then Chasham's son passed away afterwards, Vahosif, and then he added on to that tear, what's the halacha? Tachton misacha, elyon eno misacha. The lower tear, Rabbi say, what's the lower tear? The lower tear was the additional amount that he tore for his son. That amount, that, that lower tear can be mended, because one is permitted to mend the tear for a child, elyona eno misacha. But the upper tear, which was the one he made for the parent, cannot be mended. Conversely, meis binovakara, chasham person lost his child, lost his son, and he tore kriya, umeis aviv, and then ultimately his father died, vahosif, and then he added on to the tear, elyon misacha, the upper tear, which was the one he made for his son, can be mended, tachton eno misacha, but the lower one for his father cannot be mended, meis aviv, meis imo, meis achiv, meis achoso, korea kara echa if a person endured multiple losses at one point in time, in one moment, he can make one kriya for all of those routes. We'll, say, we'll stop over here for today. We'll say, don't get nervous. We, we are right on track. Right on track. Because remember, again, the last daf of the, of, uh, wait, we have Tuesday, the last daf is Thursday. And you can see Thursday is only, only a couple of lines. So we are perfect. This, this is all premeditated. I thought this all through beforehand. Right? We, we are fine. Amir Hashem. Shkayach, looking forward to a beautiful day tomorrow. Yeah.